It's good. It sucked. It's meh. Everyone has an opinion, but only I have the balls to tell you the truth as I see it. You want to know how good a movie really is? Well, sit back, kick your feet up, because you're about to witness a common man's review. Let's get this mother started out right as another past and present movie review episode begins now. So I thought long and hard about if I was going to do a review on this one, but after seeing that final episode of this series, I, there was no way I couldn't do a review on it. What's up, it's your boy Enigma back with another past and present review episode. And today we're going to talk about Tales of the Jedi, which was a short season of shorts, six episodes to be exact, that came on Disney+. Plus. Now, the reason I didn't think I was going to really do a review on this is because these were, like I said, they're short episodes. Altogether, it was around 100 minutes long, and 20 of those minutes were probably credits, and I'm being generous there. But it basically tells the tale of two Jedi, if you want to be honest with you, and one that follows the light, one that follows the dark. And... These are characters that we've already known. They're already in the universe. One is Ahsoka Tano, who is my favorite Star Wars character. And the other is Count Dooku, which I wasn't a big fan of his. But to kind of see a little bit of his background was actually a little... It was interesting, to be honest. I mean, I always wondered why the hell he had a name like <laughs> Count Dooku. I mean, he's a human in the universe. I know they all got kind of crazy names, but Count Dooku. I mean, he's a vampire. I don't know. But <laughs> but anyways, so this series, well, let me give you a little background real quick. So Star Wars, obviously, was owned by George Lucas. He made the first six, well, he was over the first six films in the history. But George Lucas wasn't around to really make a lot of these decisions because it was purchased by Disney for like $4 billion. Now, when Disney purchased something for $4 billion, you know they're about to flood the market because they got to get some of that money back, you know. George Lucas, he was cool with just having the first six movies you know he, he wasn't a big content person he made his fortune selling toys so <laughs> the movies and all that other stuff and, and you know he had a couple video games license and things like that but really the toys is what made George Lucas rich so when Disney got it I knew they were going to flood the market I'm a big Star Wars fan so I was pretty much excited about it the movies they came out with you know the Force Awakens which was the first one it wasn't bad I actually liked that movie um, it was a remake of A New Hope, obviously, but it was still a you know decent movie. And Rogue One was a great movie. I enjoyed that, especially the last 10 minutes to really show what Darth Vader could really do. And then they dropped the ball with the last two <laughs> um, films, which were trash. They were just totally, totally trash. And then they had a couple of other uh, hit or miss moments, like The Mandalorian was great. Uh, Boba Fett was trash. Um, Andor, the jury is still out on that. I'm going to do a podcast once that series ends. But the jury is still out on that one. So, the best thing I think Disney did was they created Ahsoka Tano. She was a Jedi and we saw her as a Padawan. Then she kind of grew up and then she leaves the Jedi Order after a misunderstanding. And then she joins the Rebellion and she's in the hiding again. And they're going to also have a Ahsoka 
a live action series, which I cannot wait with Rosario Dawson, who, Lord have mercy, is one of my favorite people in the world. So one of my favorite actresses in the world is going to play my favorite Star Wars character, which she already has in a couple of uh, Mandalorian episodes, Bubba Fett, whatever. But, you know, she's going to have a series of her own, so I cannot wait to see that. That's just... You know, you crushing all the way together with that. But anyways, so they created this series, this series of shorts. And I don't know if they're going to do this like a yearly thing, but it's basically made in the whole Clone Wars type, uh, well, Clone Wars Rebels type animation style. And let's talk about both stories, because like I said, we follow two characters here. So I'm going to talk about Count Dooku first. So, when we see Count Dooku in the movies, he's already a Sith Lord. He has the pink lightsaber. He's all a part of the um, clones, creating the clones, setting up everything for the Empire to take over the universe. And he's a... Uh, he, he's, he's with the Emperor. I mean, they, they really didn't say much about their relationship other than you know the master relationship not padawan but you know just master and follower relationship for some reason the sith only can have two and so he was the second one and in the end the emperor screws him for anakin because he feels that anakin is going to be the stronger um person so why not just pull him in the fold and it'll just be the emperor and uh, darth vader at the end and you know we know how that worked out but the one thing we never saw was Count Dooku as a Jedi. And so this movie, or I keep saying movie, this series showed what Count Dooku was like as a Jedi. So one of the things they showed is he had an aggressive tone already. There was one of the episodes where him and his Padawan at the time which was Qui-Gon Jinn, who makes an appearance, which was real cool. They went to rescue this senator's son who was kidnapped from this small town, or small planet. I keep saying small town, but it was really the town that did it because the senator basically is bleeding the planet dry of resources and making it hard for him. You know, the Senate... And if you don't know politics, the whole point of having senators, congressmen, and all that is so they can provide for their areas that they represent. Obviously, this senator didn't give a damn. And the son, he heard the pleas of everything. And when the Jedi found him, they he was like, you know, I can't believe my father did this. You know, so he really couldn't believe what was going on. But anyways... The senator ends up coming anyway with his little army to rescue his son. Once he found out where everybody was, they sent the Jedi to do it at first. And Qui-Gon is, he's, he's still trying to learn, obviously, from his master. And one of the things that was just so crazy about it is Count Dooku, he, he's starting to feel like the Senate's lapdogs. This is what a lot of people kept telling him is that the Jedi are nothing but the Senate's lapdogs. Basically, they do what the Senate tells them to do. And Count Dooku has a problem with that. And he has a problem how those people are being treated as well. So they get into a battle with the Senator's guys. And he actually uses the force choke on the father, the Senator. And as we know, a force choke is normally a dark side mood. You don't really see a lot of Jedi use it. I know Luke used it a couple times, but 
it's one of those things that the Jedi don't use too often. And, and, and let me back this up. I'm not a big Star Wars lord. Like, I haven't seen every Star Wars thing. But from the, the media and things I've seen, um, Force Choke is one of those dark powers that you don't really use too often. So to see him use that, you kind of see him already you know, leaning towards the dark side of the force. But, you know, they, they settled their differences. He didn't kill anybody or anything like that. As a matter of fact, he told Qui-Gon that, hey, you saved a lot of people because Qui-Gon was the one who kind of calmed him down and everything like that. But the seed had already been planted. And then the next episode with Count Dooku, him and Mace Windu, they're investigating the death of one of their Jedi. And the crazy thing about that is, again, Mace Windu, who the, whoever played Mace Windu was terrible, and, and I'm not saying that the voice actor was terrible. It's just it's hard to when you have Samuel Jackson and that's who you're trying to, I guess, imitate or whatever. Yeah, he he was terrible, but anyways, that's beside the point. So Mace Windu is like a goody two shoes. He wants to follow protocol and do all these things. All they were sent there to do was to collect the fallen Jedi's body and head back to the Jedi Temple so she can get a proper burial. And I forgot who it was, but I know I've seen her in a couple of medias before. So it was kind of interesting to see that's how she died. And come to find out, she was attacked by the same people that were on her side. And again, they were talking about how the Senate is basically, you know, punking the Jedi, you know, so to speak. And again, once again, Count Dooku, he's starting to feel some type of way about it, like... He agreed with a lot of the things that the people, the attackers said, but he just obviously didn't agree to have a Jedi killed over it. And, you know, all these things are starting to dance in his head. You can start to see how he could get corrupted because he's starting to see the flaws of the Jedi. It's the same thing that Ahsoka saw as well. But the difference is, you know, Ahsoka kind of left the Jedi Order and just tried to be alone and she ended up joining the Rebellion. Whereas Dooku eventually joins the dark side of the force. So that's what, um, you know, basically happened with him. And in the final episode with Count Dooku, again, he's, this is after Qui-Gon had died. He's feeling upset over it because, you know, of everything. We all know how Qui-Gon died and everything. And um, Liam Neeson actually did the voice of the older Qui-Gon. So it was nice to actually hear him as the character once again. Um, we saw him in the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi series too. So I, I like them trying to connect Liam Neeson back into the universe. And so again, he's feeling a certain type of way. However, he was part of the Emperor's plan, as we know. And he goes to meet the Emperor and said, you know, you went too far. Killing Qui-Gon went too far. He could have been one of us, you know. And this is what he was actually looking towards. I think he even mentioned it in the movies at one point in time where he said, um, to Obi-Wan Kenobi that your master would have followed him and um, you know so I, I believe he, he had mentioned that and then there is Yaddle so for those who don't know Yaddle is the um, what is it Yoda's you know whatever Yoda's background is I mean we, we don't really know <laughs> what species Yoda is and so Yaddle was a female version of Yoda's species now <laughs> Here's the one thing that I found hilarious. So you always thought that Yoda, being who he is, you know how the way he speaks with that backwards language, 
I always thought that was his species that did that. But Yaddo speaks normal, plain, you know, English, so to speak. She speaks the language like normal. So it was kind of interesting that, no, it is not their entire species that <laughs> speaks like that. That's just Yoda. I don't know where the hell Yoda learned that. Um, and I'm sure there's somebody on here like, oh, well, he learned that from this. It showed in this uh, comic book or this, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. You know, just the stuff I've seen of Yoda, I expected her to talk like that too, but she talked like normal. And she was part of the Jedi Council too, but she stepped down because she also started to feel the same way that Dooku did, but she wasn't trying to become part of the dark side. So her and... Count Dooku had a fight and he actually kills her, you know, in the behest of the Emperor. And the Emperor really, that's really when he turned to the dark side, really took control of Count Dooku. They had an agreement before that and I think him killing Yaddle, that was it. That was just, you know, now you're part of us. And he proved his loyalty to his new master. And that's how that his story ended. But it filled out a lot of gaps between the um star wars prequel movie so that that was real good so we got to really see dooku for the first time you really saw him develop into this dark character i mean he had valid points again but the way he did it is where the problem lies so i thought it was a good job i enjoyed seeing those little things put in like that to, about count dooku and how he you know, his aggressiveness and things like that. I also like to see a young Qui-Gon trying to learn from his master. So there, there was a lot of good things in this that was, it was, it was good. It, it was really more depth for the character. Now for Ahsoka's part, we get to see her basically from birth. And my only thing I had a problem with, she was one years old. I guess at the time of the first episode was they showed her getting born and then, you know, the story starts where she's one years old and basically they go on this hunt, her and her mother, and she was stolen by one of the little tiger looking beasts and the tiger beast was about to eat her, but then Ahsoka showed her Jedi power to control the beast and ended up making the beast bring her back to her village. Now, my only problem with that, and we've seen it done in um, Mandalorian with uh, Grogu, or for those who don't know, Baby Yoda. But the problem is, Grogu was actually trained a little bit as a Jedi for a while before he actually, you know, the events of the Mandalorian started. So while he was still young, he was still able to do these feats because he had some training. Now, they didn't even know that she was, Ahsoka was force sensitive. She was still just one years old and she had lived in the village the entire time. And when she controlled the tiger or whatever it was, the tiger beast to bring her back to the village, you know, one of the elders says, she's Jedi. They just found out that she was Jedi and that's how that episode ended. But it was nice to kind of see her people in the village that she grew up on and seeing her birth. And, you know, she used the force, which, like I said, uh, it was kind of like one of those sketchy things. Like, yeah, she could be a force wielder, but how would she know how to use the force? I mean, was it just one of those things where the force uh, took control of her? And, you know, the force has, you know, the force sometimes, depending on what you've seen, the force sometimes has a 
capability to predict the future and they know how important that she was going to be as a character. Um, well, not a character, but as a uh, person in the rebellion and things like that. And maybe the force it kind of generated and saved her. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of things with the force that just kind of, you know, it's plot driven. Like whenever a character needs to use something from the force, it just kind of happens. Um, that was one of my biggest complaints with Ray in the new movies is like the force just she didn't have much training, but she was able to beat Kylo Ren in a lightsaber battle. I understand she's a fighter and all that, but to wield the force, you know, Kylo Ren shouldn't have had much trouble with her. And I get he was injured and all that. I don't, I don't you know, there's all excuses, but the force itself, it just for some reason, you know, one of those things. So it worked for her, I guess, but it was still a good story. I just kind of like, nah, I don't get that. I think that tiger would have just eaten her and she'd have been dead. And <laughs> we wouldn't have had a, one of the greatest characters in star Wars history. Um, the second episode shows Anakin putting Ahsoka through a rigorous training and the training, what made this episode so great? Basically she, she was killing all the training and doing all the, you know, the the regular stuff that the Jedi go through. And she was just exceptional at it. And, oh, and just kind of give you a background on this. Uh, Kanan was also in the background of this episode. So you got to see a young Kanan and his master. Because we remember what happened to him before Rebels. It was one of those great scenes in um, the Bad Batch. They showed it, um, how his master died and how he ran. And you actually got to see young Kanan watching Ahsoka train. So that was kind of cool there. But basically, she's surrounded by the um, squad. Because Anakin, you know, he, he's kind of one of those people who's like, okay, yeah, you're good. Let's put you into some real training if you think you're that good. So she gets some of the clone, well, he gets some of the clone officers and they surround her, put their guns on stun, and basically put her in the middle and lets her fight them off, basically fight off the deflection. And, of course, Ahsoka got lit up several times, several times, and she thought about quitting, but then she kept getting up, like, let's go. You know, she was like, I'm going to master this. And at the end of the episode is at the final part of the Clone Wars uh, saga if you remember she goes into the her and rex does that little ruse where they're um they're attacking all the clones in the uh i guess the ship bay or whatever and that skill they they didn't show it in this but if you remember she's basically fighting a bunch of clones deflecting basically the training that she went through for this helped her with that and i thought that was a hell of a throwback and if you didn't watch the actual ending of the clone wars which i assume most people did if you're watching this series it, it, it wouldn't have connected it really would not have connected so you really had to have seen that to understand this and you know so it couldn't stood out by itself i mean all rex said is i hope all that training uh, pays off before walking her in there and we all know what happened at the clone wars how she was actually doing it and i don't know if they planned that or not but if they did that was just so freaking awesome this is probably one of the greatest events that they connected this story with that ending of the clone wars i mean it was just exceptional one of the great episodes because at first it was like okay yeah we're tired of seeing this but to see why it was like that and just to kind of put a side note on that 
Anakin, even though he's, you know, turned to Darth Vader at this point, really trained her to save her life. And, you know, all the things that she's gone through and survived is because of his training. And it's crazy that Darth Vader, you know, of course, he's the bad guy at this point. And he basically is the reason why she's still alive. All the training, the rigorous training that he put her through, all the different things that they've gone through, all that made her stronger. And she is now alive because of him. So, yeah, if, he, if she wouldn't have went through that, she probably would have died that day. So she just showed how great of a Jedi she was or force wielder because she's not a Jedi anymore. And then the final episode. So Padme had died. Basically, everything had gone over to where the Empire had won. And they did the funeral for Padme, as we saw in the end of the uh, Revenge of the Sith movie. And, of course, Ahsoka is going to pay her respects. Now, you know, she's not supposed to be there, obviously, because they're hunting Jedi. But she wanted to pay her respects. And so, eventually, after the funeral, she leaves. And... <laughs> um, Princess Leia's father, his name just escapes me right now, gave her a transistor saying, if you need me, just give me a call. Um, so he, she leaves after that, and then she basically becomes a farmer. And let's be honest with you, on this, even though this is such a great episode, they really just took this from the X-Men movie. So remember when Magneto was basically uh, working in a, in a factory or whatever, and he saves this character from dying using his uh, powers. He's supposed to be hiding out. And he saves this character. And eventually they come for him. Um, and, and eventually, they, in that sense, they killed his daughter and basically made Magneto. This was the X-Men Apocalypse movie. You know, I didn't blame Magneto at that point. Because, hell, I'm trying to... I saved a life. And yet people are trying to kill me so that basically that storyline is basically what happened here so ahsoka saves somebody's life and she's seen doing it and you know they end up calling the empire on her calling a uh, inquisitor on her well one of them did the other girl said i'm gonna keep your secret the her brother was like I'm calling the Empire. I, I don't know why. I guess they figured the Empire, he was trying to get rewarded, and the Empire was about to kill him for it. But anyways, so it, this was such a great scene. This is probably the greatest scene and one of the greatest things that show how strong Ahsoka is. So what happened was she comes back. The Inquisitor has burned down the entire village with the exception of the grandfather and the brother, because they're the ones who knew Ahsoka. And the brother doesn't understand why the Empire did what they did. Well, I guess they didn't realize. I guess there were some people out there that just thought the Empire was good peoples, you know? Now, us folks on the outside looking in, we actually know the Empire isn't, you know, they're, they're pure evil. But anyways, so Ahsoka shows up and the Inquisitor recognizes her, says... Ahsoka Tano, you're supposed to be dead. And he turns on his lightsaber. Now, keep in mind, Ahsoka doesn't have any weapon, okay? The guy attacks her. Ahsoka basically stops him, turns off his weapon, uses his lightsaber to kill him and slice his head off. It, it was a, a battle that lasted like five seconds. And it showed how powerful Ahsoka was. She didn't need a weapon to defend herself. 
she was just that strong with the force that she basically killed this inquisitor like it wasn't anything and then of course she uses leia's father's um communicator to come save the people and then he basically recruits her back into the rebellion after i guess seeing how evil and how powerful the empire had become she decided to get back into the game now we already knew how powerful she was on the rebels because she fought off two inquisitors with ease but she killed neff without a weapon and i'm like good god th that scene right there is probably one of the best scenes i've seen you really start to see how powerful ahsoka is so hats off so overall this short series it was good it was fun it was entertaining it's probably some of the best star wars content they've done in a while um to really see ahsoka in there as my favorite character i really did enjoy it um getting a background on count dooku i mean like i said he was okay i'm not a big fan of his but it was nice to see him as a jedi for a change and to see a young qui-gon and everything about that and yaddle we see how she died i mean I, I remember seeing her in the movies and we've seen her in other medium, I believe. Uh, I don't know how much, you know, she's used in other things like the video games and comic books and books and all that type of stuff. But she was a pretty important character and we get to see how she died. And we also get to see how the other Jedi died as well. Like I said, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she was one that we've seen in different stories as well. But overall, this was very entertaining. Like I said, I didn't expect it to really do much for me because they were shorts. I mean, who really wants to see shorts? But those shorts plugged in things that was going on throughout the Clone Wars, before the Clone Wars, after the Clone Wars. And Star Wars has done the Clone Wars to death. I mean, I understand that was like a big period of time in the Star Wars universe. I would really like to see things after. I think they started doing it with the Mandalorian and Boba Fett to a lesser extent. And they're going to do it with the Ahsoka. But I really want to see things after, maybe prior to the sequel movies, prior to The Force Awakens. Let's visit that time period, you know, because we have done the Clone Wars to death. Like, everything has been about the Clone Wars. And it came at a prequel. Remember, the prequels weren't well received when they first came out. But they're really sticking to that time era, that time era for everything that they've done so far. So I really would like to see more of the stuff after. But that's just me. So what are your thoughts? Did you enjoy the shorts? Did you think they were too short? Did they need to make another season of this? As always, leave your comments below and if you want to check out any of my work i did release a new book so hey if you're interested in any type of reading which i hope a lot of you are check me out at www.enigmakid.com that's www.enigmakid.com and maybe you'll get some of these stories maybe i do have a science fiction story too so i don't want people to think that is just old, you know, urban fiction or anything like that. I do have two sci-fi books out there that are heavily influenced by Star Wars. I always say it's called Danark, and I have two books out for it. And I always say it's it's basically Star Wars meets Game of Thrones. So if you're interested in either one of those, please check out the book. You may enjoy it. I hope you do. It's your boy Enigma signing off. Deuces.